The following is a sermon from Christ Memorial Church. We are a multi-site church in the St. Louis area. We are compelled by two words, loved and sent. We believe everyone is loved deeply by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and everyone is sent with great purpose wherever they go. You can find out more about us at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Enjoy the following sermon. Well, welcome to Uncharted Territory. Uh, as was referenced at the beginning um, of our time together in worship, uh, this is new. This is, this is new for all of us. For uh, those of us at Christ Memorial and Reliant, this is the first time uh, that we have gathered in this way uh, virtually. Uh, this is the first time uh, that we have recorded a service and then put it out there uh, for people to view online. This is the first time that I have preached to a virtual audience. Um, I appreciate, or congregation, I appreciate those um, who are with us today, so I at least have some human faces uh, that I'm looking at as I preach uh, the Word. Uh, but this is new. This is uncharted territory for all of us. Uh, it's uncharted territory for those of us uh, who are facing a pandemic um, for the first time. Uh, it's uncharted territory for us economically and socially and politically. And it's uncharted territory even spiritually for many of us. Um, and as we go through these uncharted waters... Uh, this uncharted territory, as we navigate it, we are, we're hearing new language. Um, we're hearing new phrases and new words that, at least for me, have been unfamiliar. Um, terms like flatten the curve, flatten the curve. How many, of you, how many of you have ever heard that? I'm not a statistician. I'm sure if you are, that's probably a familiar term. But for me, um, Joe Lehman, I had no idea what that meant. And it's, uh, it's really just the idea um, that we can help prevent the spike of new cases um, of this virus uh, by doing the preventative measures that the CDC and other authorities are telling us to do, and we flatten the curve over time. So over time, the amount of new cases is flattened, flattening the curve. I'd never heard that prior to about two or three weeks ago when this began. Um, Self-quarantine. Self-quarantine. I've, of course, heard the term quarantine, um, but self-quarantining, the idea that if you know that you've come in contact with someone or you know that you've um, been in an area where the coronavirus is or you don't feel well yourself, uh, that instead of having a doctor uh, or someone tell you to quarantine, you just you isolate yourself and, and you quarantine yourself. Uh, another new one that I heard is uh, shelter in place. Shelter in place. Uh, we've, we've seen that both in some cities around our own country, um, certainly in other countries that has been mandated. Um, and I think some of us might be thinking that that's probably coming for all of us maybe at some point, this idea of sheltering in place, staying at home and not having any contact with anyone else. The last one, though, the last one I think is, is the one that, that hits us um, the hardest, and that's the, the term social distancing. It's what we're practicing right now. We're, we're all practicing social distancing uh, by watching this online or even those of us that, that are here this evening um, sitting in chairs that are, that are separated by at least six feet. Um, social distancing, this idea that we need, to, we need to stay away from one another. Everyone's kind of shifting now in their seats. These are, uh, these are new terms. Um, and a pandemic like this and times like this, they, they don't just give us new terms. Um, and new phrases, but really what this can be, and I think what it is for us, um, it's a mirror. It's a mirror of sorts that is being held up uh, to us as individuals and certainly to us as a culture. 
Because in times of, of crisis, in times of a pandemic like this, um, we see that, that the view of ourselves and the view of humanity may be distorted. Uh, we may not have really viewed ourselves rightly. We may, we may have had too high of a view of ourselves. And so we, we see things about ourselves in new ways. We get a new perspective and a new angle about us, about our culture, about our society. Um, we're experiencing, I've heard, not only a, a pandemic that is viral, but we're experiencing a pandemic of fear. We're experiencing a pandemic of disappointment, uh, trips that have had to be canceled or um, weddings that have had to be put off. Uh, plans that we have made have now been shattered. I know Pastor Jeff said he looked at his to-do list for the upcoming week and everything on that to-do list was obsolete. None of it mattered anymore. So we have a, a pandemic of disappointment in our country. And then, of course, we also have a, a pandemic of, of judgment. Um, we, we look at other people and we see what they're doing or what they're not doing, and we begin to cast judgment upon them. So a, a time like this, a moment like this in our history and in our culture can serve as a, as a mirror of sorts to put up in front of our face to see um, who we really are, what we really value, what we trust in, what we hold tightly to. Who would have thought that toilet paper would become such a hot commodity? But it has. Because we're looking to hold on to something, to give us some sense of security, some sense of control in a moment and in a time that seems out of control. Um, in 1918, almost, almost exactly 100 years ago, uh, there was a, a flu pandemic across the, the entire world, and it hit the United States particularly hard. But when it was over, when that pandemic was over, the flu pandemic in 1918, sometimes called the Spanish flu, when it was over, no one really talked about it. I know that I never heard about that pandemic growing up in school. It wasn't in any of our history books, yet it killed and took more lives than World War I. More people died in America from the flu pandemic of 1918 than in World War I. But nobody talked about it. Because what occurred and what happened during that time was something that disturbed them. A mirror was put up in front of them and the way that they reacted to the pandemic, the way that, the way that they treated one another, the way that they didn't reach out to each other was something that, that horrified them. And so it wasn't talked about very much. So 100 years later, here we are in a pandemic. It's certainly the first time for, for almost all of us here to experience this, but it, it is not the first time in history. So what do we do? What do we do as, as followers of Jesus Christ? How do we respond to this? Well, I just want to drive us to, to two places. First of all, we do listen to authority. We, we do listen to the authorities. We, we, we listen to the, to the suggestions that they make or the mandates even that they make. We understand that they have been given a vocation and they've been placed in an office. And we respect that and we honor that. Um, and even more so than that, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, in these moments, we would even give up our rights and we would sacrifice maybe what we prefer in order to love and to serve and to help our neighbor. So beyond just abiding by CDC regulations and, and mandates by the government, city, state, national, we would even give up our own rights for the sake of others. 
So we, we listen to authorities for certain. We, we give up our own rights. Um, we, we think about others before ourselves. We, we don't hoard the toilet paper. We let other people have some. But especially as followers of Jesus Christ, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. I think it is appropriate um, and maybe even providential that our Lenten theme uh, for this year, chosen long before any of this, was eyes on Jesus. Because now, more than ever, we need to have our eyes fixed on something. Um, I know you, like me, have been inundated with emails and social media posts um, and blogs and the, the, the news media. Everything is telling you to do something or to don't do something. Our, our eyes are driven to a lot of different places. But our eyes, first and foremost, need to be fixed on Jesus. And we do that through word, through his, hearing his word. We do that through prayer. We do that through joining together in worship, even, even virtually like this. Even though we're not able to come together physically, we come together spiritually. And we believe that Jesus' grace and mercy and his Holy Spirit crosses time and space and unites us in a way that even our eyes can't see. And so we fix our eyes on him. And today we do that especially through his word. The, the gospel text um, that was read just a little bit uh, earlier, we see that, that Peter finds himself in uncharted territory as well. So Peter, the hot-headed disciple who is very knee-jerk and, and flies off the handle, we see that, that he is in uh, an uncharted territory that, that he's never been in before. You see, just a few days earlier, he was with Jesus as Jesus triumphantly marched into Jerusalem to hails of Hosanna, Hosanna, as he rode in triumphant on a donkey on what we call Palm Sunday. That happened just days earlier. But today he finds himself alone and isolated as his rabbi, as his teacher, as his, his leader is dragged off and arrested. And just a few hours prior to the scene that we see in our gospel, we see that, that Peter boldly proclaims and boldly claims that he would die with Jesus. Even if the others, he takes a shot at his fellow disciples, even if the others fall away, Jesus, I will die with you, he says. And Jesus tells him, you are going to deny me. And Peter doubles down and says, I will never deny you. And here we are just a few hours later, and Peter's in a courtyard around a fire, and he just as emphatically, if not more, is distancing himself, distancing himself from Jesus. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know him. I don't even know what you're talking about. And then he rains down curses on himself. He starts to curse and say, I don't know him. And then the rooster crows, and Peter realizes what he's done. He realizes that, that Jesus' words were, were true. He's horrified. The proverbial mirror has been put up in front of him. Peter believed, and Peter saw himself as someone who was strong and who was brave and who was courageous and who was virtuous. Peter's view of himself was really high. His view of himself was, was really high. And in this moment, his world comes crashing down. The view of himself comes crashing down, and he's crushed. He's crushed, and we see that it's, it's recorded. That after he denies Jesus and after the rooster crows, Mark, the writer, simply says, and he broke down and wept. 
He is utterly crushed. He is just brought down. But why would, why would Jesus allow this to happen? This is one of his, his inner circle. This is one of his closest disciples. Why would, why would Jesus allow this to happen? Well, what, what Peter doesn't see and what he can't see and, and what oftentimes you and I cannot see in the moments of tragedy, in the moments when our, our collective worlds come, come falling down upon us, when the, the sin and the failings and our shortcomings and, and the weight of who we are collapses in on us, what we can't see is that even in those moments, and especially in those moments, Jesus is working. Jesus is working even in the midst of our failings and through our failings. Even when we fail to live up to who we think we are, Jesus is living and working in us and through us. You see, Jesus is restoring and redeeming Peter in that very moment. While Peter is disowning Jesus, Jesus is claiming him. While Peter is distancing from Jesus, Jesus is drawing near to him. Jesus draws so near to him and to you and to me that he contracts the contagion of our sin and our failures and our shortcomings and our shame that is ours. He takes it upon himself and draws all of it out onto him and nails it to the cross. He takes it upon himself. And in that act of love and sacrifice and in his resurrection on that Easter morning, he redeems and he restores and he makes us new. He takes our sin and our pain and our shortcomings and our failures and our distorted views of ourselves and our distorted view of others and our distorted view especially of God and he changes it and he redeems it and he shows us exactly who he is the Savior of the world, the one who is holding and controlling all things in his nail-scarred hands. He is in control. And what looks like tragedy and failure to us is redemption and new life to him. And that's what he gives us. During the flu pandemic of, of 1918, um, there was one American city that, that did stand out among others. Um, it stood out because they were, they were proactive in their response in the, faith, in the face of such a deadly virus. They knew this virus was coming. It, it hit the East Coast first and was sweeping across the nation. And in the face of it, instead of recoiling in fear, they took drastic and appropriate measures and had one of the, the lowest death rates. And that city was St. Louis. And the bold actions and measures taken by the, the city health commissioner at that time, Dr. Max Starkeloff, helped to save the lives of thousands of residents. And the death rate in St. Louis was half or more of similarly populated cities at that time. It was because of his bold actions and in the face of a, a crisis, a pandemic, instead of recoiling in fear, he stepped out boldly. As followers of Jesus Christ, in these days and weeks and possibly even months ahead that we face this pandemic, in light of Christ, in light of his life and his death and his resurrection, in light of his cross and his empty tomb, may we keep our eyes fixed on him in the midst of being bombarded with messages from everywhere through every venue. May we keep our eyes fixed on him and his cross. And in doing so, may we see him and ourselves more clearly. May we see our, our brokenness and our frailty and our failures. And may we in this uncharted territory face boldly the reality of our sin. May we not recoil from it or shrink back from it but may we boldly repent and confess our sin. May we confess to God 
that we have failed, that we are sinful, that we need his grace and his mercy more than ever. May we continue to to seek his forgiveness in these moments. And in response to Christ's mercy and grace toward us, may we boldly walk in faith toward him and in love and service toward one another. May we sacrifice our own preferences and our own rights so that we can love and serve others more deeply because we know that our life is secure in Christ. We are not reckless, we are not foolish, we are not unwise, but we are bold, we are sacrificial, we are loving because Christ has boldly stepped out for you and for me. He has loved you sacrificially unto death and he has given you new life in him, a life that no virus or no pandemic or no vice or anything here on earth can take away and steal from you. Your life is secure in him. So may we walk boldly in that light, following him, loving others, until he calls us home. Amen. I invite you to please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your grace and your mercy through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, oftentimes we see ourselves in a distorted way. We think of ourselves too highly and we think of you too lowly. Lord, we pray that you would fix our eyes on you. Lord, in these times of uncertainty, when fear may reign within us, Lord, we pray that we would draw closer to you in repentance, that we would draw closer to you in prayer, that we would draw closer to you by loving and serving our neighbor because you have loved and served us perfectly. Lord, may we find our hope and our anchor in you and in nothing else. Lord, lead and guide us. Be with those who have been given the vocation and the office to make decisions for us regionally and also domestically throughout the nation. Lord, we pray that even in the midst of this, that you would be glorified and that when we come out of this on the other side, that we would tell of Thank you again for listening to the sermon from Christ Memorial. If you happen to be in St. Louis or live in St. Louis, we would love to meet you and have you join us for worship on Sunday. We are located in South County, St. Louis at 5252 South Lindbergh. We also have a city site called Reliant that is located on the St. Louis University Medical Campus in Crave Coffee House. You can find all of our worship times and information at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Hope you have a good day. And remember, you are loved by God deeply through his son, Jesus Christ, and you are sent with great purpose wherever you go. Have a good day.